Welcome to another episode of the Rally Vodcast, where our focus is on helping marketers get results and be successful in their careers. Today, I'm really excited to talk about a, a topic near and dear to our hearts here at Vi, and that is B2B lead generation tools. And I have Nick Saltzman from HubSpot uh, joining us to get his perspective on the, on the topic. So thanks for joining us, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Yeah, you bet. Nick's been with HubSpot for over five years, and um, his focus is on the Solutions Partner Program, where he leads a team of eight channel account managers, channel account managers, channel managers. I think I got that yeah, right. Yeah, channel account managers. We call them CAMs, but we have too many acronyms at HubSpot. Yeah, yeah. And we we uh, we work with um, uh, one of the channel managers on your team, and I know uh, from firsthand experience that um, they are... They are very uh, focused on helping us grow our business as well as leverage the HubSpot tool on behalf of our clients. So welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to jump right into some talking points about mistakes that people make when they're choosing these lead generation tools and having helped hundreds of companies choose the right tool, um, which isn't always HubSpot. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, um, it, it often can be a couple of different tools, um, but I'm curious from your perspective, what um, what are the most common mistakes that you see businesses making right now in 2022 that is hindering their lead generation? Yeah, good question. I'll try to I'll try to answer this from a little like HubSpot perspective and maybe not so much HubSpot. Um, as like a HubSpotter, I think one of the biggest things that we see because we talk about it kind of daily is companies leveraging so many different point solutions to manage their front office. So it's just by nature of starting out as a small business and having pretty small needs. You might say, hey, we need a CRM. So I might use something like Copper or Zoho. And then I might need an email tool. So I use something like MailChimp. And then someone tells me I need a social media software. So I use Hootsuite. And I feel like you start to find that companies start to realize their entire tech stack is made of a bunch of tools and it's really hard to manage. So I think having that front office be a combination of a bunch of softwares really hinders growth and lead generation. So from HubSpot software perspective, I'd say that's one. Um, the other would be really not focusing on target account selling. I think so many businesses rely on inbound leads from just their marketing or referrals. Um, and a lot of times those target accounts, those whales that you want to work with aren't going to swing by your website. So I think investing some time and resources into customized target account prospecting is still a strategy that works and isn't really leaned into well for a lot of companies. Okay. So maybe like a more complex sales cycle or larger B2B uh, ticket items where those those are those are big big spenders where making a you know hundreds of thousands or multi million dollar decision isn't going to be because they downloaded an ebook on your website. Yeah, like you might not reach that C suite level person at the target account you're prospecting, but um, you might find that connecting through LinkedIn, sending video outreach, like threading different persons throughout that organization, like that might be a better way into a company. So that like account based sales approach. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, the the um, the tech stack is growing, isn't it? And I think I saw a stat about the average 
small to medium sized business has like 90 tools, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so have you come across some companies that are not a good fit for HubSpot? Come, definitely. I think HubSpot's changed a lot as we've grown um, since we were founded, I think 14, 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone's a good fit for HubSpot. I think you could be not a good fit for HubSpot from a timing perspective. So if you're not ready to invest um, money and time into implementing like marketing and sales strategies, then you're not going to be a good fit for HubSpot. HubSpot at the end of the day is just a tool. So it's kind of like a gym membership. If you don't use it, you're not going to see results. So I think if you're not ready to make that time and money investment for sure, um, and it's not right for every business. Um, I would say as HubSpot's evolved from a marketing tool to a CRM platform, we definitely are a much better fit for a wide breadth and depth of businesses. But if you were to ask me four years ago when we were a marketing automation tool, if there are some bad fits for HubSpot, certainly. Um, if you have a really defined set of accounts that you would sell to, um, like you're a video production company in LA, and you only work with the major um, like film, film companies there, you're not going to do inbound marketing because you don't need to cast a wide net. Um, but nowadays, I feel like because we're a CRM and we're a little bit more flexible, I think it's a better fit for most businesses. I would say the one that is still a challenge for HubSpot that just isn't a great fit is an e-commerce company that has a really low ASP. So just the sales price of that product is so small. It's more of a commoditized offering. Um, what do you mean by AS- What do you mean by ASP? Oh, average sales price. So if it's just, there's not a ton of return for that product, it it can be expensive to do marketing automation, lead nurturing, abandoned cart. So you want to make sure if you're using HubSpot and you're an e-commerce company, um, you have a high value product you're selling. Oh, very good. Very good advice, really. I mean, that's, that's, that's good insight. So, so with HubSpot being so versatile now, I mean, the tool, now versus when we started at Buy, being a, a solutions partner, um, I mean it's it's a completely different tool. You know, this was end of 2012 when we started, so going, you know, going on 10 years, you know, it was it was about the marketing hub, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of our services and focus, you know, was building around that. And and now with 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 sales, with uh, service, with you know, operations with the CMS, there's, um, it's really more of a growth platform. However, you can still just buy a marketing hub. So is, I'm guessing that timing is a, is a big issue too. You know, there's, there's a, a new ERP or, you know, a, a CRM being installed in a company and they're looking at one of the marketing hubs. So I'm, I'm guessing that there's fewer poor fits because of how much more versatile and large of a platform HubSpot is, but more bad timing. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's interesting your your story on like how you found HubSpot years ago and how it's changed. When you think about it, when we started as a company, we were a marketing automation software and that's it. Like we realized in the market, people would build and define their marketing channel through a bunch of point solutions, like I mentioned earlier. 
I'm going to build my website on WordPress. I'm going to hook that up to Unbounce for my landing page. I'm going to collect a form. I'm going to send an email from MailChimp. I'm going to manage my social media on Hootsuite. And we said, hey, that kind of stinks. And at the end of the day, your team, you're working in 10 different tools, you're paying for 10 different tools, and you don't have a single place for that data. So you have no idea what works. Um, So it's just, um, we kind of realized that same philosophy of combining different marketing tools, that's the same across the front office. So you'll hook up a Salesforce CRM to a Marketo marketing product and a Zendesk customer support software. And you have this cobbled together approach. So I think it's now we offer a more holistic CRM system that can fit into different pieces of the front office based on their need. Um, So a great example would be, hey, I'm a company that's locked into a 10-year Salesforce contract and that's not going anywhere. Um, But maybe I want to replace Marketo with HubSpot or maybe I want to replace Sendus with HubSpot. So there's definitely a lot more like front doors into an organization. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, uh, and, um, you know, I've, I've got Salesforce, Marketo, something else, but you use the HubSpot CMS and, and instead of WordPress or something like that. And um, I would encourage anybody that, that you know, it, um, does come across this, uh, this podcast or is listening and is, is curious about HubSpot and that is, is it really doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, we, we talk a lot now about the platform. We talk a lot about the, the, you know, just the, the diverse tool that it is, and it's not an all or nothing tool. Um, however, there is a, a high propensity of, 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 uh, you know, buying one hub and, and moving into the others, which is a great strategy by HubSpot to grow customers, of course, but there's a reason why people are doing that. Uh, it's because it's easy and it makes sense, uh, or they're saving money, time, selling more. So we do see that a lot when you when you buy one, is it it quickly becomes apparent, um, and a lot of that has to do with the with the ease of use and that that overlap of the contact database, you know, along with sales and the the marketing reporting, um, and you're updating your website, so it it just becomes sort of an all in one, which is crafted versus cobbled narrative that, that I think has been being shared, um, just more broadly, um, with, within the HubSpot ecosystem. So that, that, um, that easier adoption, you know, I've, I've witnessed, um, Salesforce, for instance, installations go on well past 12 months and well past a half a million dollars. And I have never witnessed that once with HubSpot. Um, so I think the adoption and that ease of use um, is a big reason why why people do it. But um, not not to say that I haven't also seen really good installations of Salesforce, and it'd be very you know beneficial and a good tool. So so yeah. Um, anything else on that? Like main reasons that people you know go with with HubSpot uh, within that? Anything else on that, Nick? Yeah. Well, I think you bring up a good point, um, which is like the total cost of ownership of a platform like HubSpot. So like the total cost of ownership of a software is purchasing, deploying, like using, actually getting adoption from that software. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you mentioned like using more hubs. Um, obviously we want customers on more hubs, so like they're, they're using more of HubSpot's products, but we actually just put out this ROI report, which is pretty cool. We um, aggregated and anonymized all of the data on our 
150,000 customers, I think, over the past few years. And we published a 50-page ROI report that showed their return, their growth, their lead generation over that time period. And we Whoa. broke it down onto different like combinations of hubs and just found the more hubs someone was using, the more they were generating in leads, the more traffic they were generating, the quicker they were closing leads. Um, so it's, it's real data. And I think a big piece of that, to your point, is adoption. Um, the easier a tool is to use, the less it adds administrative burden to an employee, the more value they're going to see from it and the more value that's going to show in your marketing and your sales efforts. So um, nothing against tool, tools like Salesforce or others, but um, HubSpot has built our platform. You use this crafted, not cobbled analogy. Um, by building it from the ground up here in Boston. And I think when you go with alternatives, um, like a Salesforce, who's built their system through acquisitions of other companies, um, Desk.com, Pardot, Tableau, MuleSoft, um, what you find is you're really using five different softwares that are connected through APIs behind a Salesforce logo. So our core differentiator is that adoption, that value, that ease of use, that modern simplistic feel that your employees actually like using. So they use it and they see value and you see that return. Um, so I think that is at the end of the day, the main value of HubSpot. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, we've had that experience. I mean, I, I have to say um, that that's that was it for us and, um, and, and for my team members, but also for clients, you know, many, many times over where they've experienced others. And it's like, you know, they're really good at their business, you know, architects to manufacturers, to banking, to healthcare, to whatever that is. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're focused on that. And so the, the idea of removing friction, I think has, has been a central theme there. So, you know, with B2B lead generation tools that I think we're saying that is something you should really consider is the total ownership has a lot to do with the amount of energy and effort it takes to get people to actually use it by adoption. That's what we mean. You know, do they adopt the tool and the use of it? Um, yeah. So that, that's a, that's a big, that's a big part of the ownership and not all of that can be on paper with, uh, dollars and cents tied to it. There's emotional total ownership cost and frustration and anger and, you know, um, you know, dislike, uh, of it itself. And, um, I, I think I talked about this in a previous rally rally vodcast where we, where we talked about the, you know, the, the getting value with, from, from a tool within the first week or even month. And, um, you got to look at that. And I think there's other tools that, that have that as well. I've seen some other, you know, sales tools, uh, some other marketing ones, some other CMS tools or e-commerce tools that, that have taken that intuitive, you know, remove friction approach. Um, I think of it like an Apple product, you know, when, when they first came out, there's like, there's one button. <laughs> yeah. You want to turn it on? You want to do anything? You press that button and, there's a lot of similarities, I think, in the user uh, interface and experience with HubSpot. You know, there's, there's sort of like, there's one button. You want to create a, a lead, a deal, a contact, and anything. It's it's there and it's it's 
very intuitive and easy to use. Yeah, Brian Halligan used to always like compare HubSpot to Apple, whereas like other competitors were more like Microsoft. And not that Microsoft isn't a great company, but we wanted to make HubSpot powerful and flexible and customizable, but not to the extent that you could ruin it and make it confusing and cumbersome and difficult. And I think it's a tough line to toe. We do it really well, but you'll notice as we're going up market and competing with Oracle, Salesforce, Marketo, it's getting more powerful and more customizable, but we still have that sleek, modern, easy to use look and feel. And I, I love you, you pointed out like the emotional element of it. I feel like I've never come across so many partners and customers that love the product, like literally enjoy using it and it adds to their day and it doesn't suck. And coming from using Outlook and um, Salesforce and Zoho in the past, like I can feel and see that especially as you hire like a younger generation, a younger workforce, that stuff matters. Your employees being happy. Um, yeah, it's, it's an intangible thing, but I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Well, thanks for just uh, talking openly about other tools and, you know, giving a good overview. I know, you know, um, you know, to, to our you know viewers here, it may, it may seem like uh, you're biased, but at the end of the day, I know that um, in working with you and your team that, they want to facilitate the best decision uh, for clients to and businesses to grow, and so that authenticity is is so important too. That we're not um, we're not we're not trying to sell for 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 sales sales sake. Um, it's it's more like really truly seeking to understand um, and, and addressing that problem. So uh, whatever that may be um, within a company, sales, marketing, service, you know, uh, uh, data cleanliness. So, hey, before we jump off, is there anything else about this topic that you had on your mind for today? Um, you know, choosing the right uh, B2B lead generation tools? I don't know. It, well, what you mentioned, one thing is, I think that flywheel. And um, I know it's kind of a buzzy term, but so many companies used to look at marketing and their tools as generating traffic and that turns to customers, right? And it's a funnel and your customers are the output. But I think it's hard to see without using it, a platform that puts your customers in the center of what we call a flywheel allows you to grow your business in a better way. So what I mean by that is if you're using the same system to sell to your customer prospects, to market to your leads and to delight your customers, you have all the data in one place. You can customize that experience. You can really deliver an awesome customer experience, which turns your customers into promoters and leads. So like by doing everything in one system, you have so many more capabilities to deliver an awesome experience that your customers end up being one of your biggest sources of net new leads. So it, it really becomes this flywheel or this spinning effect. And the more you can reduce friction in your business, the faster it'll spin as opposed to this outdated thought of we're going to put in calories and get out customers. So a platform like HubSpot really allows you to do that. Yeah. I was in love with the funnel and uh, I made the switch to the flywheel because mm -hmm. I love it. And the reason I love it um, is because we're so empathy based at buy, you know, always trying to dive deeper into, you know, why the, some of the like more raw emotional reasons why someone would, choose to buy your products or services. And that's, that puts that customer and the buyer as the hero at the center. 
and that's what's in the middle of the flywheel. You know, it's it's the customer, it's the the relationship uh, with them. So yeah, no one wants to be an output. So yeah, I think it's a it's a great analogy. I was a little uh, unsure of it. I was like, oh, HubSpot's going somewhere buzzy with this, but yeah, I eventually retired the funnel, and now I love the flywheel. Yeah, it was it was very visionary at the time too, and and I thought um, you know a little risky to to disrupt what was working so well. Um, all right, well before we before we jump off, um, more of a personal question. I'm curious, what's the fav- What's your favorite part of your job? Favorite part of my job? Um, so I manage a team of team of eight, and I think my favorite job or my favorite part of my job is helping folks develop professionally, like not only like crush their current role as an individual contributor at HubSpot, but understand beyond that, what's someone looking to do and how can I figure out how this role applies to them and where they want to go next and get them good at that. So I think just as I've gone from an individual contributor to a manager at HubSpot, I think it's really just helping people get where they want to go. Um, So yeah, I think that's the best thing about my role. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate your time and your perspective today. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, Here's to many more. <laughs>